Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Good to be with you again, ladies. And can you believe it? We're actually starting the next point in our land of motherhood. And it's point number four. It is a large land. Let me read you Exodus chapter 3 verse 8. God said, I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. This is another thing that God says. I'm not making these things up. This is what God says about the land. It's what he says about the land of Israel. And of course, we are taking these points into the land of motherhood. And it is a large land. Now, the original land that God promised his people is so much bigger than they have today. And one day they will have it all. And it's a little land at the moment, but God intends it to be a large land. Now, before I get into a few thoughts, um, Evangeline, my daughter, has just come up the stairs. And uh, so um, I said, Vange, I'm just doing a podcast. And she said, OK, well, I'll share something. And so, OK, here you go, Vange. Yay, here I am. Well, I want to say this, and I was thinking about this the other day, is that mum's talking about a large land in mothering. And indeed it is. But I'm thinking about many mothers I meet and they don't understand it's a large land. They think it's a small, tight little space where they've been thrust into and they don't, they want to escape it. They actually think it's a small little room and they haven't got the big picture. So they try to escape and I realise there's many mothers living as if they are still single in many aspects of their life, thinking if they can just get out, we'll enter the large world that I was before. But they've been told or somehow sublim- subliminally, how do you say that word, um, in this culture, they don't realise that mothering is a huge, massive, the biggest expanse of land we have in our years we live as a female Mm. on earth so it's a lie and so if you start actually acting like you're single just remember you think or subconsciously you might be trying to enter into the world that you were in before the season that you were in before but no you're in this season which is a large large land so as you go about your day and if you're wanting to get rid of your children that's single-minded brain thoughts 
That's living like you're still single and you're not married. Okay, as you're changing and doing jobs regarding your children, and if you're despising it, that means you're living like you still are single. But you're not. You're married with children. So you can't escape. Don't try and escape. And it is a large, large land. Don't fall for the lie that you're living in a tiny, tiny, hemmed up space. Even if you're in a tiny room, and I've lived in tiny rooms before, you're not. It's a large, creative, wild land. And I've just got to read this because it came to me. Man, Mum, I can't even read in your jolly glasses. Say something while I look at it, Mum, because... Hold on. Is that, that's, that's a good point. I was oh, just thinking about that. Very good point. I think this is absolutely wonderful. But I'll need my glasses. <laughs> she didn't come prepared to speak. She just came rolling up the stairs to fly in here. And so here she is. But I know you're going to be blessed with more that she will say. <clears throat> but it's so true. As Vange was saying, not even knowing what I was going to talk about, that it is not a small career to be a mother and homemaker. It is huge and it becomes bigger and larger all the time. You start off as a married couple. Colin and I started out 59 years ago. It was just last week that we celebrated our anniversary. And 59 years ago, we were just a couple. That's all we were. But today, we have 51 grandchildren, 22 great-grandchildren, and so many more along the way. And then there'll be more and more to come. Motherhood is an expanding land all the time. That's the wonderful thing about it. it it's not hemmed in. No, you're not just, as Vange was saying, in this little small room. No, you're in this, this land that grows and grows and, and gets bigger and bigger. <clears throat> and uh, God told his people, he said, I will enlarge your borders. You can read that in Exodus 24, 23 and Deuteronomy 12, 20. Um, God wants to continually enlarge your borders. You've got to get this thinking of enlargement. Mothering is enlarging all the time. Have I become more insular because of being a mother? No, my life has become broader and wider and larger and bigger and more amazing every year of motherhood. And as your children come along and as your children grow and then they get married, well, even before they get married, wow, your, your whole life is enlarging because um, your children have gifts from God that you don't even have. And, and so they begin to move in these gifts and, and then you kind of go into that realm of what they are doing because you always want to be part of your children's lives. And, and it's so amazing you go into different realms than you that you ever could never have dreamed of and then they get married and then they have children and these children grow up and do amazing things and get into different things and oh it's just one 
and from one enlarging to the next enlarging all the time. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your descendants will possess nations. Wow, this was God's promise to the children of Israel in the land, but it's his promise to us as mothers in our land of motherhood. I want you to get the picture today, lovely ladies. Your land is an enlarging land. Okay, Vange, what did you want to say? Well, I, I just love what you're saying. So it's so fantastic. And I don't know if you're going to bring this verse into it, but I often liken Ezekiel 37 to mothering. And that's where I got the first thing of about a mothering land. And um, it, it, it goes on when um, he, he says, prophesy unto the bones. And th then th it says, my people. And, you know, at first look, at that scripture, you think, oh, these people don't know God. And yet it says, my people says there is no hope. And I've heard so many women go around with faces that look like they have no hope. And your children might be like, you know, going up the walls and you've got work and maybe you've had no sleep. And you feel like, oh, man, I'm just hemmed in and there's just no hope for me today. Well, I literally want to tell you, Stop believing those uncreative lies. And this is what the word of the Lord says in Ezekiel 37. I will open the graves and cause you to come up, up out of your graves. And I think graves can be the lies we tell our brains. And I will bring you into a land and you shall know that I am the Lord. And he has brought you into a new land you've never lived before. It's the land of mothering, as mum is saying. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and, and brought you up out of your graves, I shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. So if you're finding yourself in depression, or not seeing the creative ways of how you can mother, you've got to get out of that lie. And you've got to get the spirit of God in you, because if you don't have the spirit of God in you, you're going to succumb to this age. And this age tells you the exact opposite of what mum's trying to tell you here. And I shall put my spirit in you and I shall place you in your very own land. It is this big, wide land of mothering. And you shall know that it is I, the Lord, that have spoken and placed you there. Amen. It is God who it. places there, and it is God's land for you in this season, mm. and it's huge. And if you think it's small, stop believing the lie and get the Spirit of God and His creative juices flowing in you. Amen. That and stop living like you're single, even if you have children. Yeah. Okay, bye. Oh, that was so good, Vange. Thank and you. Thanks for the pie plate. <laughs> Thank you. That was wonderful. Oh, so that was such a breath of fresh air of uh, Evangeline 
running up the stairs and uh, that was a good word that she had for us, wasn't it? Yes. Now, we see a parallel here. Oh, before I say that, I, I do want to affirm that scripture that Evangeline read. Uh, I will place you in the land. Isn't that so good? Every word of God is so good. When I'm reading the Bible, I, I don't just read, read, read. I, I'm looking out for every word. Do you do that? I love that song we often sing. Um, every word you speak is life to me. And it's so true. Every word, and I just took hold of that word then, I will place you in the land. And maybe you've been thinking, what am I doing here in my home? Lovely, darling mother, God has placed you in your home. He's placed you in this career of motherhood. It is the greatest of all careers. And as we're going to talk about it today, it's a large land. You're not diminishing. You are going to be enlarging. And we see a parallel here because Satan hates the land of Israel and the people of Israel. And we see nations around Israel wanting to eradicate Israel. They, they want to get rid of Israel. They'd love to throw it into the sea if they could. And um, Israel is having to fight to hold on to her land, um, even though it's not the fullness of the land that has yet even been promised to them. But it's the same thing that I believe there's two things that Satan hates because they're both so close to the heart of God. <clears throat> and one, of course, is Israel. Satan hates Israel. And uh, if he could get rid of Israel, if he could get rid of the land of Israel and get it occupied by some other nation, he would have won amazing victory because Israel is in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and all the way through. If you eradicate Israel, you eradicate the word of God. Satan knows that. And so that's what he seeks to do. And Satan also hates motherhood because motherhood comes from the heart of God. God created and designed motherhood. Motherhood is the most powerful thing because it is we as mothers who procreate the generations. We keep families going, generations going from one generation to the next. We determine the destiny of nations as we raise our children for righteousness, to be godly, to be those who belong to the kingdom of God and spread his kingdom in the earth. 
And so you have this powerful career of motherhood. And Satan knows he, he's scared of mothers. He, the thing that he's scared of most is mothers who know who they are and know that God has placed them in their homes and that God has given them this great privilege to uh, embrace children uh, into their lives and to raise them for his glory and for his kingdom because that completely comes against the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of darkness. And, and so just like he's out to get rid of Israel, he's out to eradicate motherhood. And we have to understand that all this hatefulness and all this negativity that comes against motherhood does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. It's masterminded by the enemy. And we've got to understand these things and know what is truth so that we know how to act. Yes, I just wrote something here and I've most probably said it, but I want to read it out again so we can get it. Satan wants to minimize and wipe out motherhood. He knows that in doing this, he eradicates the godly seed and the revelation of God in the earth. It is all to do with wiping out the existence of God. Mothers, you have to understand that in your role as mother, as you embrace children, you reveal the existence of God and promulgate the image and revelation of God in the world. This is a powerful task. No wonder Satan wants to eliminate it. You have to realize you are in a spiritual battle. Dear Mother, forget grumbling about a few problems you face each day. You are in a battle for life and death, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. You are a mighty warrior for God. Motherhood is not something insignificant, but powerful, God-ordained, and even more important than a pastor preaching on Sunday, more important than a senator representing his state. You are an ambassador ambassador for the king of kings, advancing his kingdom and upholding the truth of his eternal word. Don't let him wipe you out. You belong to a large land, a God-given land. Embrace the final extent of your borders. Don't stop too soon. Don't even stop thinking, oh, well, I have two or three children. Maybe we're fine now. We've just got enough. Is that all you're going to build? Is that all the land you want? Oh, there's more. Just embrace the full borders of the land that God wants to give you. I've always loved this quote from G.K. Chesterton, his words about motherhood. And he says, to be Queen Elizabeth within a definite area, deciding sales, banquets, labours and holidays. To be Whitley within a certain area, providing toys, boots, cakes and books. To be Aristotle with a, in a certain area, teaching morals, manners, theology and hygiene. 
I can imagine how this can exhaust the mind, but I cannot imagine how it could narrow it. How can it be a large career to tell other people about the rule of three and a small career to tell one's own children about the universe? How can it be a be broad to be the same thing to everyone and narrow to be everything to someone? No, a woman's function is laborious, but because it is gigantic, not because it is minute. So embrace your large land. There's another interesting principle here too, that those who have more will get more. We read in Numbers 33, 54. And ye shall divide the land by inheritance among your families, and to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. The complete Jewish Bible translates it, you are to give more land to the larger families and less to the smaller ones. Now, the humanistic mindset of our society thinks that if we have too many children, we'll stay poor. We will be deprived of so many things. But this scripture, and the word of God is eternal, and it never fails, this scripture promises that those who have more children will get more land. Those who have less will receive less. And it is true because, you know, often people think, well, how could I even have one more child? We are barely coping uh, uh, with what we have now. Look, we've got these two children and we can hardly survive. Well, dear ladies, let me tell you something. God doesn't provide for another child before he gives you that child. He provides when he gives you that child. And so many people are waiting for the provision before they have another baby. But no, that's not the way it works. You don't even have that provision yet. And God's not even going to give it to you because you don't need it. But when that baby comes, he provides. That's the wonderful thing. <clears throat> have you read Deuteronomy 28? Oh, that's the wonderful um, promise and blessing chapter. And uh, it's just a wonderful chapter of all the blessings, although it does list all the cursings too. And actually, there are more cursings than there are blessings. And uh, I don't like reading the cursings very much, I'm afraid. And I have to admit, I've read the blessings a lot more. <clears throat> But look at this here in Deuteronomy 28. And when you've got time, uh, just go to your Bible and read it. Read um, from verse 1 to verse 14. is all wonderful blessings. And then if you want to read the cursings, that's verse 15 right over to verse 68. Hell, can you believe it? That's all the cursings if we don't walk in the way that God wants us to walk. But the blessings, 
Verse 3, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy womb. God always puts first things first. And here the first blessing is the fruit of the womb. And then it goes on to tell us about how God will bless us with increase of our fruit and our cattle and our sheep and our basket and our store and all the things we need to provide for the blessings of the womb. We just have to get it in the right order. So get this little principle from God. Can you hear it again, lovely ladies? You don't get the provision first. You get the baby first. And then comes the blessing of provision. Yes, so just remember that. And remember it's a large land. It's an enlarging land and that our mothering should be enlarging all the time. Always enlarging. And as your children grow and then your children marry, you'll be having grandchildren. And your your land will be enlarging. And uh, then... Like we are today, our grandchildren are now having children. And so we have the great-grandchildren coming on. <clears throat> and I do believe that as we trust God, that God will provide for our enlarging families. Now, you may be a big family living in a little space, but it may not be forever. We've lived in little spaces, but mostly in big places. My husband's always had a big vision. In fact, every home that we have built or lived in and rented, because we have built, we built a home, we rented in New Zealand, then we built a home there, then we moved to Australia, we only rented in Australia. We came to the States and we rented, we lived in a little apartment, but now we live in a big house, which really the Lord provided for the whole thing. Everything that we have has been the provision of the Lord. <clears throat> we have always lived beyond our means. What I mean is we've lived beyond what we, um, you know, would expect to get from a salary or whatever, because if we lived within our means and our budget, <clears throat> I have to tell you a little secret here, ladies, <clears throat> I have never had a budget in my whole life. Well, we've been married for 59 years and I have survived without a budget. Well, I know perhaps many of you, that's how you survive on your budget. It's the only way it could work. Well, let me tell you a secret. If I'd had a budget, we would have lived the most boring lives, the most stingy lives, because we believe in living the lifestyle of the kingdom of God the lifestyle of the early church. What is that lifestyle? It's a lifestyle of hospitality. It's a lifestyle of opening your home. It's a lifestyle of gathering others around your table. That's a lifestyle of the kingdom of God. That's what you see in the word. Now, we could never have done that if we kept to our budget because we couldn't have afforded it. So we forgot about the budget and said, just come, 
come and stay with us. Come and live with us. Come and have a meal with us. Well, we didn't really even have enough money to buy the food, but because we said the words, God provided. You see, that's how it works. And so we live beyond our budget. And so we've lived this wonderful, enlarging life because we just lived according to the word of God. If we just stay where we are, oh goodness, I only get this much so we could only afford, and we couldn't really have any people because we never have enough money to buy the food for them. Goodness me. You know what other secret I found? The more people you have, the more better you eat. Because God provides. He, he just provides when you want to bless people. And so that's how it works. And so we have lived in little places, but we, as we've trusted God, we've lived in big places because everywhere we've gone to build or rent, we look for a place. Now, can we fit visitors in this place? Can we fit people around our table? Have we got a visitor's room? We've always had a room for visitors because it's just our vision. Now, most homes don't have that. Well, they're very hospitable. And so actually when our children were little, we'd have people. And of course, all our children, we'd just throw them all into one room so that we could put visitors in their room. And they were always used to getting out of their rooms. But they loved it. It was their lifestyle. It, their lifestyle of having people in their home was so exciting. They were never bored. And, and so they didn't mind getting out of their rooms. In fact, our boys hardly ever slept in their rooms anyway. They would always go out and be making a hut and living out some, somewhere in a hut and or making some kind of strange place where they could sleep. It was too boring to just sleep in their beds. That was very boring for them. Anyway, so it's a large land. Are you getting that? We have to just get the language um, so that we can begin to live it. If you don't know it, you won't live it. All right, the next point, <clears throat> we'll get started on that. Number five, it is a flowing land. Let me read Exodus 3 verse 8 again. God said, I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, the Bible uses that phrase 20 times. God didn't tell his people only once that he was taking them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. He told them 20 times. <clears throat> and uh, so it's a, it's a land that flows. The Hebrew word for flowing is zub, Z-U-W-B. And it means to flow freely, to overflow, to gush out. It has the idea of not only gushing out, but oozing and dripping. Now, that's not a stagnant land, is it? So many people live stagnant lives. They live just to their little selves and their little home. And it's just me and us, and that's it. That's a very stagnant kind of life. 
God wants us to be flowing, a flowing family. We're living in a flowing land where we're gushing out with God's love and, and uh, his welcome. So what are you doing in your land of motherhood? Are you living a life that is flowing or is it stagnant? This land is a picture of productiveness and large-heartedness. It is a land of smiles and laughter and joy where you say yes more than no. It is a land where you not only fulfill your duty to what has to be done each day, but you face every task exuberantly with flowing out. You love your husband profusely. You're not just, oh, well, I love my husband. No, you're overflowing in love to your husband. You love your children exceedingly. You don't hold back, <clears throat> but you overflow from the life of the Spirit of God that lives in you. I always love this scripture in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, where it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abundant, Bounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That word abounding is a word that I've talked to you about in so many podcasts. In fact, that's why I changed the name of our podcast, which was uh what was it? I used to call it um, From Our Home to Yours with Nancy Campbell. And I actually thought that was a bit boring. And eventually I thought, no, I can't really stand that name any longer. I'm going to change it. And I changed it to Life to the Fall with Nancy Campbell. And it comes from this scripture, this abounding scripture, because this word abounding, what does it mean? It means to superabound, enough and to spare, beyond what is necessary, to be in excess, to exceed beyond the normal. And if you've listened to lots of my podcasts, you will find that this word comes up over and over again in the New Testament. And the normal life of the Christian, the New Testament Christian, is not a life that is normal. If you're living a normal life, you are not living a New Testament Christian life. The normal Christian life is not normal. It is above the normal. Yes, it's it's beyond the normal. It's excessive. It's super abounding. It's more than is necessary. It's, it's above and beyond. In fact, that phrase above and beyond is used in the scriptures for that same Greek word. And so here it is again. Okay. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, what's the work of the Lord you're involved in? You are involved in mothering. Oh, yes, you may be doing many other things for the Lord. But your first work, your most important, where God has placed you, is your mothering of these precious children God has given you. And so you're not doing it just like, oh, well, okay, just got to make sure my children are fed and clothed each day and just do the 
the boring normal. No, it's over the top. It's flowing over. It's abounding. This is how we're meant to live in our land of motherhood. It's a land of flowing and flourishing, gushing and giving. It's a picture of God's generous heart. I love these lines about God himself. He might have doled his blossoms out quite grudgingly. He might have used his sunset gold so sparingly. He might have put but one wee star in all the sky. But since he gave so lavishly, why should not I? And that's the attitude that God wants us to have in this land of motherhood. Now, the phrase is it's flowing, overflowing with milk and honey. So in our next session, next week, we're going to find out how we can overflow with milk and with honey. What does it all mean? So we'll look into that next session. Shall we pray? Dear Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you that you've given your word to show us your way. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into a large land. Thank you for bringing us into a land that flows with milk and honey. Oh God, you are such a good God, such a big God. Lord, your purposes for us are not tiny. They are so large and, and so encompassing. And uh, Lord, they're not even just for today and, and our mothering today, but they, they go into the generations. It goes into eternity. Lord, I pray that you will, Lord, enlarge my thinking, enlarge my heart. I pray for all of us, Lord, each one who is listening, enlarge their minds to come into sync with your thinking. Lord, your, your thinking is so far beyond our thinking. Take us, Lord, up from this little miserly, uh, just thinking, Lord, that's so tiny and little when you've got this big land and this big purpose and this big vision for us, Lord. Help us to see as you see, oh God, and, and just embrace this large land, this beautiful, abounding and flowing land that you have given to us. I ask it in the name of Jesus and I pray your blessing, the blessing, oh God, of your joy and your peace, and most of all, your precious presence to be with every mother, every grandmother, every daughter listening today. Let them bask in your presence, in your truth, and in all that you have for them. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>